Time for another episode of Competitive Edge. This, of course, is brought to you by Esports Bet. Uh, we're going to use their site to preview some matchups in LCK that are happening this week. Now, obviously, LCS and LEC on a break, but you can still head on over to Esports Bet and predict along with us. They are running their World Prediction Series with their proprietary crypto, DJT. Now, what this means, you can get DJT for free just by signing up for the site and logging in daily. You'll get 1,000 more, up to 5,000. But you can also get more DJT by depositing crypto on the site. So 50 DJT for every dollar of crypto that you deposit. And you can play with crypto, play with DJT. Um, and that means you can get into their world's prediction series and win up to $300,000 yourself, depending on how your predictions go through the end of the year. So now's a great time to start, have some fun with it. And we're also just going to talk about the matchups in general and what we think. Obviously, in LCK this week, the big barn burner match is happening about 14 hours from the time we're recording this video, probably about 12 hours from the time we release it. Uh, talked about it a bit, of course, on the Monty and Wolf show, but it is going to be T1 versus Gen G. Now, maybe this match is a little more hyped up than it should be, considering T1's current performance. Um, but it's still the most hyped matchup that we have. T1 obviously sure. coming off second place at MSI. They just had their 24 match win streak snapped. So it's still going to be very important. Now, Genji should be, I think, a, a relatively clear favorite given their performance so far this season. If you guys haven't been watching LCK, Genji has won all their best of threes. They've only dropped one map, so they're 12 and 1 in terms of overall map score. But it's not just the results. Even when we saw T1 on their big win streak, they would drop maps, they would look kind of shaky. Oh, sure. Genji has looked fucking dominant. Uh, in their wins, but they also haven't played some of the top teams yet, and they play both DRX and T1 this week. They The one map they lost was to Damwon Kia, the other kind of top four team. Uh, so this is a big test for them this week. It's going to be hard for them to play two good opponents in the same week. Uh, T1's coming up first, obviously. They're probably focusing more on this one than DRX, you would have to assume. DRX has clearer weaknesses than I think T1 does. Um, but these teams are also playing quite differently in terms of their style. So there's a lot to unpack here overall. But definitely, I think the most hype matchup in Worldwide League of Legends, even if LCS and LEC were happening this week, it would still be the case. So it's really is must watch. You guys must watch. <laughs> yes, this would be basically like the recommended match of the week. Spoiler, even if we had LCS and LEC, because this is not only a rematch of the finals from last split, where it was Gen.G against T1, admittedly, as we always go to pains to mention, probably Gen.G shouldn't have been there if you look at the way that game five went against Dan 1, but whatever, they got to the final. But the difference is, everyone remembers, that was the one where even potentially ill, T1 still won, and it looked like actually Genji had no way to beat them. Like at the time, the styles were different, the meta was different, the playing strength was of the Genji players was different. At the time, T1 was always going to win. What makes this matchup really awesome is it's number one and number two in Korea again, which by the way, if you think in the world context, this could be the world final for all we know, like a yeah, world yeah. semi. But also, it, this is the key part, as Monty says, because T1 actually hasn't recovered whatever form they had before MSI, it's actually Genji, if anything, that's the number one one team right now and it's T1 that has to prove themselves to Genji otherwise as you as you've seen from the way the splits played out 
even though it began, like I said, on all these past ones, I said, the odds keep going way too high for T1. It's like people are betting like there was <laughs> one beaten street. But here's the difference. That won't last forever, and especially not with betting odds. So I predict in the next few weeks, especially if Genji wins this game, sooner or later, the tide is going to turn, and Genji is going to be the favorite in all these matchups. Like, I'm I'm surprised. I feel like people are lagging a bit still, Monty, because as you say, the it's not just the wins. The eye test checks out like a motherfucker for this team. Yeah, absolutely. And it also, if you're not familiar with Gen G this year uh, and in this split in particular, we don't have a huge sample size again. Uh, you know, it's only we're only a few matches a few weeks into the regular season. But there are a lot of Gen G, I think. Uh, memes that can be destroyed, like famously last year, previous years, very slow style, right? This is a team that likes to scale. And while that's somewhat true still, their activity in the early game has picked up really dramatically this split. They're playing really aggressively around early tower dives. They're playing really aggressively with Peanuts creative jungle pathing. Um, Ruler and Lehens are getting a lot of kills in lane. So they really like amped up the aggression but they haven't actually cut into, uh, they're not actually taking risks or losing very much. Uh, as I pointed out on SI this past week, both Chovy and Ruler have seven deaths in 13 total games. So seven total deaths. They're dying about half a time per game. And it's not that they're just sitting back and waiting for the safe play. They are being really active on the map. Peanuts coming bot, rulers diving turrets. They're getting kills under turret. They're snowballing those advantages very cleanly. So this iteration of Gen G is a lot more fun to watch than previous iterations of Gen G. Now, of course, they only kept one player from last year, so you expect a new team identity. But that wasn't really true in the spring, so I'm not sure what happened between spring and summer. Um, again, a lot of new teams uh, take that time, especially because they were in Korea when MSI was in Korea, probably getting a lot of good practice during that period uh, to retool, um, retool some fundamentals about the team. But they really do look a lot more like an aggressive LPL team right now. Uh, than what you would consider kind of the histor historical look of Gen G, which is really fun. It's it's really fun. Um, so lots to lots to unpack there. But first up, guys, we're gonna take a look at uh, our results. So as you know, if you watched the last episode of uh <laughs> what i love is even though you have successfully set up a bunch of times plausible scenarios where teams could beat t1 the joke is the team that did beat t1 we never even yeah, of course. Even worse. like no one could ever have predicted that one but right we were right in the sense that eventually they were going to lose it was obvious yes. yeah 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 and, and especially <laughs> no one like could have predicted split. that freaks on me no, the, the, no they no got sniped could. by the the I fucking know. like mid or and like seraphine <laughs> uh we talk about that a lot uh both yeah, on yeah. si and the monty wolf SI, show yeah. so Unfortunately for us, guys, uh, we did kind of get wrecked last week. Uh, it was it's probably the first bad week that we've had. However, uh, keep keep looking at my card because that's the one um, that we're that basically we use for this show. Um, so we did have some really harsh ones uh, this past week, uh, as you can see over on the card. Um, so you know, particularly we saw we saw some like Excel didn't up didn't win oh, the rogue yes. game even though they almost yeah. did uh that was like a really yeah. back and forth one unfortunately uh g2 did not beat mad, mad lions, lions one. Turned out that wasn't actually the best value like, i get that one that was a, that was the questionable one it was could have gone either way on that one true. uh tl lost to 100 thieves all of these happened wild. last week so that the fact wild, by yeah. the way the fact is is that i think we picked 
what would consider what a rational human being would, would consider the favorites. Now, yeah, exactly. I would pick them again now. <laughs> so <laughs> the fact that we picked three favorites last week and they all lost. And by the yes. way, we picked those matches because they all had super good returns on them. Yeah, Some yeah. of them were like 2.2. Yeah. So really, we only need one, like one or two of those to hit. And the fact that they all missed was that's that's just shit. Oh, it's luck. wild. That's but just shit luck. <laughs> Like, the difference is, like, on the G2 one, okay, yeah, whatever. Like, Matt had a chance. I don't, like, that XL and the TL one, I would do that again in an instant, Monty, oh, even yeah. knowing what happened. Like, I would run that back immediately. Those yeah. odds were awesome. <laughs> they were. Yeah. They were really, like, XL was at 2.2, and they they were, I think, definitely a favorite versus Rogue. And you could see they were in a very good position to, to, yes. to win that game, especially considering Rogue's recent performance, but even the eye test in that game. So... Unfortunately, you know, we've been doing very well on this show overall. You can see how, how far we are up. Um, but yeah, uh, some weeks, some weeks are just like that. Some weeks are just like that. Um, so yeah, we're honest, though. Like, we're going to tell you on the show. We want to give you good advice. We're going to recap when we when we don't do well, when we do do well. We're still up very far also overall. It's funny if we just get straight wrecked like that and we have like, no chance at all. I just find it funny, whatever. It's like, in it? Take it on the chin. Yep. Uh, yep. Sometimes you win, win some... Sometimes you lose some. The purpose of this show is to win more than we lose, but it, it always is going to be iterative. Good weeks, bad weeks, etc. So... Um, with that in mind, well, I think- something though, I actually have figured out there's a spiritual principle at play here, Monty. Oh yeah. Cause we always used to joke on by the numbers in CSGO. Like Richard genuinely thinks I have like the most powerful, like jinx of all time. Cause he says it's sort <laughs> of true, right? Here's the problem. And this is the spiritual principle I'm going to explain. If I'm at an event, Monty, and I don't even have money on the game. I'm just tweeting about like who should win or lose the game. Cause I obviously do it in that sort of shitty in grin sort of like <laughs> your team is losing. Cause I have that sort of vibe where I'm sort right. of almost like enjoying the suffering of the fans that are of the team that's losing. If I ever do that, man, it's like for real, the universe just like, here's what I'm saying. Because the because the problem is I've done it so many times where like the team I'm saying is winning is up like 14-2 in Counter-Strike or something, which is the equivalent, by the way, of having like a 15k gold lead or something. You're probably almost certainly going to win the game. The second I do the tweet, where it'll be like the shitty like smug tweet. It's like the universe <laughs> just throws a wrench right into the works. <laughs> And all of a sudden, the amount of teams that have like done like comebacks then all the way and they won the game. So what I figured out is this. This was the flaw I was doing, Monty. That was all about me and my ego and getting to feel good and sort of poke fun. And I was enjoying other people's misery. Whereas because on this show, what I try to do is actually impart the purest <laughs> wisdom about the game and make other people wealthy. Actually, it works. The yep. predictions I do on this show work because they're not for It's karmic. Exactly. I've learned a, very, a spiritual lesson of, the, of life, really. Yeah. When you exactly. put out the pure energy you get the returns exactly <laughs> that's right when you're when your will is tainted uh by spite that's when that's exactly. when you get, you get clapped back yeah. by the universe yeah. <laughs> it's true exactly um so yeah uh as you guys can see below me right now the odds as we speak are slightly in favor of gen g uh, now, this has been over the last week. This has been going up and down. Sometimes Gen G's with a slight favorite. Sometimes T1's the slight favorite. Depends on how people have been predicting this match. So, you know, if you get on right now, you get even more value if you're going to predict Gen G. If you are the biggest T1 stand in the universe and are tilting these odds already, and like as T1 is the favorite, uh, you can you can make that prediction. I there T1 can definitely win this match. Like, let's be clear, um, they've had some really strong early game plays. Uh, but I think Gen G probably is like a sixty percent shot at yes. being the They're winner the here. So the They're idea the favorites. That the money's this even. You have to go Gen G on this. Come on, 
Yeah, I, I think that's the we already thought they were going to win anyway. <laughs> yeah, we've got a great price. Yeah, yeah. I, I put my prediction uh, as I'll show you guys right now. Um, I put it when we were doing the Monty and Wolf show the other day. So Genji was actually, as you can see, at 1.872 odds when I put the prediction in. But 1500 DJT feeling pretty good about this one. Obviously, that return is going to be pretty significant uh, if it does end up going oh. through. Uh, so you can get an even better value right now uh, if you make them. When I got at the time, like I said, on the day, it's been kind of moving back and forth. Uh, so yeah, it's it's really an excellent time to take a look at this. Uh, we'll also talk about some props here, guys, that you might be interested in. Um, because uh, if you guys go over to the statistics tab over on the eSports bet site, you can look at the, st the stats from the past 25 games and kind of see how these teams are doing. Now, clearly, this is going into the last patch, uh, so that's important to note. But you got various blue side and red side trends for T1. Um, you can see that, not surprising, they have very high average goal difference at 25 minutes into the game. First Herald, first Baron rates. Um, here is uh, Gen G. First Baron is much higher. This is something that we're definitely going to be talking about because this, if you just limit the games to this. Um, this split, uh, Genji has like a 92 or 93% first Baron rate, which is going to be very important That's to ridiculous. discuss. Well, I mean, they've won all but one of their games. So it's expected with their record, but they've been really good at securing this objective. And if you have the eye test, you have been looking at T1's games, both at MSI and right now and saying... Some of oh, these Baron flips are a little yeah, yeah. are, are a little suspicious, right? They're a little suspicious. Also, pretty high first blood rate overall for Gen G, which makes sense given that they've been diving a lot of these turrets. Um, T1 has been doing worse in terms of first blood recently this split. Um, so we have a chance, I think, to talk about this quickly um, and then make some prop bets as well. Because if we're just counting this split, guys... Uh, as we look at first blood, Genji is first in the league at 77%. And a lot of that happens in the bot lane. And a lot of it happens due to Peanut's like creative pathway. <clears throat> like Peanut is playing for early kills. He is sacrificing himself to do a weird path with Poppy to appear under your turret at level three and get and get a kill, right? So they've been pretty aggressive about that. T1's only at 43% first blood uh, so far this split. Um, I think probably a lot of that's happening between owner and Zayas in the top lane, which is, you know, certainly a powerful combination they have. Genji's at 92% first Baron, T1's only at 57%. And remember, here's the here's the critical thing. T1's at 57% Baron first Baron this season, but they're a five and one team who has an eleven and three record. Okay. They only have one, they have two more losses, and they have one fewer win than Gen G but they only have a 57% first Baron rate. That is really bad. Um, you need to get that way higher to get to consistently close if you're a top team. So this is all to say uh, that if we start looking at some of these odds on the props, because we haven't gone into this so much, like we can take a look and say first Baron percentage here is going to be like 1.736 for Gen G to 1.983 for T1. So those are pretty good odds considering that Gen G has had significantly better Baron control. So I'll go ahead and put, let's put a thousand DJT on this one. 
And yeah, crucially, it's not even just like, oh, they're, they've got the higher percentage. They're really good at it, and T1's mega questionable. <laughs> because, by the way, that implies to me, this is why I say I never thought you were wrong on any of those like calls that T1 could lose. T1 could have lost. These teams just didn't have good enough players to get it over the line and finish the game, you know? Yeah, it's... And then First Blood is actually really even as well. And remember, T1 is not doing well in terms of First Blood. This split Gen G doing quite well. So put a thousand DJT on this one as well. Um, because Gen G, just the way they've been playing in the early game and the fact that this is so even, I think probably pretty good prediction. Uh, but again, that, that 57% when you're 11 and three to, to only to be below 60% first Baron is bad. I mean, it means they're figuring out ways to win even when their opponents get the first Baron, but that's not a, that's not a stat you want. It shows that they've been flipping a lot, shows they've been giving up these objectives a lot. Um, and you guys will, I think it's a little bit of a false positive because you guys will think, oh man, they've had some amazing like Baron sneaks, which they have like T1, but those were desperation plays when they were down really heavily in the early game. And just because it was so cool, like that sticks out and you're forgetting all the other times that they lost Baron stupidly. Um, I mean, the question it. is why are they having a sneak it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All the games, money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So. <laughs> Um, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of question marks, uh, I think there when it comes to, um, when it comes to the early game and objective control of T1, that Genji is going to have some pretty serious edges in, but you guys can go ahead and check out the stats on the site too. um, see if, if you guys figure out any additional ways that you think Genji or T1 will have advantages based on objectives that you can pick in the game. So, um, Overall, uh, I think that'll be true. Like we can only do game one right now. Obviously, uh, I guess we well, we could go to game two. We could actually do this like first Baron on all of the games individually. Um, but you can also do that live as the match is happening. So um, otherwise, I think the matchups particularly interesting. I think the reason why you give Genji the advantage is Chovy's been playing out of his mind. Great meta for ruler. They've been really active. Um, T one. I don't want to read too much into the Kwangdong loss because I think it was a trap game for them. And I think that they were sniped, but obviously Genji's going to learn something from that game and probably threaten many of the same tactics that we saw uh, Kwangdong use. Uh, you know, Seraphine has become a much more competitive pick in the region. Um, there isn't a there isn't a whole ton of jungle overlap either. Like what's interesting about Owner versus uh, versus uh, Peanut is that even though Peanut's been playing really aggro with Poppy in the early game, like he really prefers Poppy, whereas Owner's been kind of going to the Lee Sin. Um, I would say like Poppy's very difficult to play at the level that Peanut and to a lesser degree Canyon and some of the other LCK junglers are playing it right now. But it seems like there's a pretty big shift in terms of. Uh, jungle pick priority after Wukong. Like, obviously, they're both going to play Wukong if it's available. Um, but once you start to get down deeper into the pool, um, they've kind of been going different directions. But Poppy is much more useful later in the game compared to Lee Sin for the most part. Um, if you think T1's going to win, they're probably going to do it through Zeus. Uh, Zeus is extremely most good right now for this game yeah the other two they're not matching let's be real yeah he's been doing like 30 percent of the team's damage um it, most of the damage on the on the gen g side is coming from ruler and chovy uh so zeus is kind of i think the x factor for t1 if he can get big leads in these games um 
then maybe they can then maybe they can do something. But I would otherwise be quite worried for for T1 here. They don't seem to have a lot of big advantages in this match. No, no, and especially because, like, we were talking on past episodes about teams with even weaker bot lanes having a chance to exploit the T1 bot lane. This is the fucking bot lane that's going to exploit Gumayushi, mate. As you said, rulers died, like, fucking seven times. So, so like, <laughs> what do you want? Like, they're not, they're not just sitting under tower, boys. Like, in this particular game, if Gumayushi doesn't keep his fucking... all the fucking... dot their I's and cross the T's, he's going to be in trouble, mate. I mean, it, it is crazy. And like, what's interesting, Thorin, is that in terms of total deaths, so keep in mind that T1 has played one more game than Gen G, but T1 and Gen G have the lowest total deaths in the league. But the difference is absolutely massive between Gen G and, and T1. Gen G has only died 64 times as a team in 13 games. T1 has died 149 times in 14 games. So the, like, even though they're technically one and two in terms of least deaths, the, 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 the absolute difference is absolutely enormous. And Dom one, for example, is the third at 154. So there's, you know, it goes from 64 to 149 to 154. So very little difference between yes. T1 and, and Gen G or T1 and Dom one. Dom one's also played 16 games. Uh, so, you know, they have five more deaths over two more games. Uh, so fewer deaths per game for Dom one Kia. But the point of this is, is Gen G gets early game leads and then they don't throw them like they really don't throw them. They play really clean on the snowball. Um, so I think I think Gen G just is so on top of their game right now. Their team wide KDA is 2.77. Again, T1's number two, but it's 1.22. KD, KD, sorry. So for every kill, uh, every death, they're getting 2.77 kills, whereas T1's getting 1.22. So just a little bit over one. Um, so it really is a massive, massive difference that you can see in the stats uh, between these two teams. So the only question left is whether Genji can deliver in a tough week against two other top four teams, because for the most part, outside of Dom one, they've been beating up on like the bottom six teams of the league. Um, so that may sow some doubt into your mind, but it doesn't really with me because the way they've been winning is just so impressive. Oh, for sure. I mean, especially because they do it in their own style. I mean, if people don't know as well, if you remember back in the day when he used to have all those crazy picks, Lehens, oh, he plays fucking Singe support now. Yes. Don't worry. Like, and wins <laughs> when he plays With book, like smite-stealing Baron. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's so hilarious. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, but they have all these weird-ass pocket picks, right? Uh, it's it's tough. Um, they, uh, they've been willing to play the Kale, which we've seen a lot more in LPL. And Doran, you know... Doran, this split has been really good. I, I don't think on. Yeah, I yeah. don't think this form is going to stay. Like, let's be clear. I think this is probably like Doran peaking a little bit. Uh, but if he's peaking now, it's a great time because he's going up against a really sure. hard top lane opponent. He's been diving turrets by himself in 1v1 and getting kills. Um, he's been playing tanks. He's been playing carries. He's been doing his job across the board, playing a lot of weak side for the most part, but he'll play carries on weak side and still have effects on the game. So even though I am a notorious Doran hater, I admit that he is playing pretty damn well right now. Um, and we'll have to see if that form continues. But if he's in that form right now, it also limits T1's upside as, as a win condition. So 
all of this is Which is say. cool, because as far <laughs> as I could tell the last few years, I just assumed Doran pulled Chovy out of a burning car like three years ago. It's like, why are you always in this guy's team? It's like, get out the team, Chovy. You're actually really good, mate. Like, what are you doing? But I agree. The difference is, in the past, Doran like got away with it early because he was a rookie, you know, an upcoming thing. He's now actually a good top laner. He actually looks legit now. Before, I actually did think in the top teams, he was, he was, he was too streaky. He could, he could definitely be like a liability. Now he's actually good. Now he's actually like come on a little bit. I would yep. say his step up, this split's one of the big differences. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it has made, I think, a, a pretty massive difference on this roster overall. Uh, okay. Uh, let's talk about some of the other matchups that we're going to that we're going to see, um, such as KT uh, versus the Kwangdong Freaks. Uh, having faith in KT, uh, you know, obviously suspect. Uh, they've played some Arya, some Vikla this season. Seem to be. The thing is, though, I want to ask you about this because the yeah. thing about the KT roster team. Look, obviously, they have no connection to the old roster teams you used to sure. like, etc. But I actually think this team is like the. If, if you even just look at the names on paper, it's like an underrated squad. Like, oh yeah, some for sure. Little players in here. Like, I think most of these players are actually pretty, pretty legit. Like, they have. They're not as big. Like, don't have the biggest names. They're underrated players in certain cases. But if people don't know, I think people like Aiming Aria. These are decent players, actually. Like, they they don't have huge names. Obviously, that goes without saying. Yeah. Yeah, they Vikla's been playing more recently, but Rascal last split, Rascal actually had a shit ton of solo kills, was doing really well in the oh, late phase. Actually, yeah. yeah, was was clearly like the best player on this yeah. roster. That form has continued, but I think other players have also stepped up on KT. Uh KT also had a kind of rough um they they had a rough schedule. At the start, by the of way, the, the actual rascal pickup was a legit one as well from KT because KT obviously is not the main destination anymore. And obviously, if you notice, Gen G was out on that guy. They would put that fucking bird all guy in worlds. <laughs> but like, rascal was always a competent player. He was never bad. Like, he was just a streaky up and down player. Like, he was worth gambling on, as you say. A squad like this is good. Yeah, and I think in KT's case also, uh, one of the aspects of this was week one they had to play Gen G and T one, and they nearly beat T one. Like it, that would C1 probably should have won that series uh, against T1. So they got a lot of their tough matches out of the way early. And yes, they have four losses, but three of those losses are against Genji, T1, and Damwon Kia. So those are expected losses. The only loss that was a little bit surprising was Live Sandbox. And we're going to talk about them. Like they are. They are probably like it's between DRX and Live Sandbox is probably who's going to be the fourth team who goes to Worlds. And there's a lot to like about Live Sandbox, I think. Um, but yeah, KT, they beat Nongshim a little bit sloppy earlier this week. And people will think, oh, Kwangdong Freak's pretty good because they beat T1. Uh, well, uh, Genji kind of decoded that same week after Genji saw how Kwangdong beat T1. They just banned a bunch of their bullshit and then slapped them. Uh, so Kwangdong... Yes, they beat Fred at Brion, who's clearly the worst team in this league, by the way, in LCK. But I think there's a roadmap for how KT wins this match. And I think that the odds, if you're talking about having 1.684 for KT, I think those are very good odds for KT here. Um, I think that Kwangdong is a more significant underdog than that. And that Genji kind of showed how how to like exploit them more or less so given kt's current just form, more of a gimmicky team like you said yeah. they have to specifically play a certain way they can't play any type of league of legends yeah so given their current form like 
I think I think it's worth probably I'll put 750 DJT onto KT for this matchup just because I'm not so sure about it. It is a little bit uh, a more of a wild card match because the performance of both of these teams has been relatively inconsistent. But I think at 1.6, if you're confident in KT, you're confident in, in Vikla becoming the starter of this roster and you look at the strength of schedule and look at their and evaluate their losses uh, and including the T1 game, which, I again, I think they should have won that best of three. Uh, I think there's there's a real possibility that that KT does well. So go ahead, go ahead and pick that one. Uh, we'll talk about well, technically we're going to talk about two more matches, but we're going to talk about one more match first, which is uh, a little more in depth. Which is Nongshim Red Force versus Live Sandbox. Live Sandbox coming at one point five nine one. Live Sandbox is a very underrated team. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not big names if people don't know. Yeah, uh, Live Sandbox is a very underrated team. They are. You may be surprised to hear five and two this season. Um, so it's not that they've been doing badly. They their two matches that they lost were to Dom One, Kia, and T One. Otherwise, they beat TRX. They upset TRX in a match that most people, myself included, thought that they they would lose. They've beaten all the teams uh, below them in the standings. And yes, they haven't played. They're not going to play Gen G until next week. Um, but that's the only remaining team that they have uh, from the kind of top rosters. So I expect them, obviously, to lose to Gen G, but pick up two more wins. So after the first round, Robin, I think this team is probably seven and three. And really, the, the, I think the biggest factor for their success has been they've been playing through Prince and their bot lane uh, really effectively. Uh, Prince is actually starting to look like he might be an up and coming star player. Um, they also just play a really unpredictable style. Like Croco is kind of a kind of crazy in the jungle. They're a really fun team to watch because they're very aggressive. Uh, but they they play through bot lane pretty consistently. So um, this is, I think, if we look at Nongshim Red Force, effort has been really bad. Like I don't like effort has been terrible uh, on Nongshim. So I think if we think about the two v two in that lane, like Prince and Kyle probably have a pretty big edge um and it'll be hard for nongshim to win this so take the the 1.5 odds where you can get them right um yes they're the favorite but they're not that much of a favorite and so here's the problem i have with the nongshim team on paper it looks like hey this is a fucking not bad roster look at all these players it's like except here's the problem guys minus bdd everyone's there because they were fired and even bdd was technically <laughs> fired so like that, that's the problem. They're not all in best form. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, some of these names once upon a time, a year ago, two years ago, were brilliant. Yeah, but like, now, this isn't it. Like, this lineup, here's the difference. Like you were saying about Liv Sandbox, like, they have a whole bunch of names you wouldn't expect. They're doing really well. This team on paper, you would think this should be at least, like, a top five team, top four. They're doing terribly this split. Yeah, and it's some of the players' underperformance. Like, you may have, you may remember Effort when he was on T1, but he is bad. He is really bad right now. Um, probably he's, he's obviously Fred at Brian exists, but he's, he's certainly in the conversation for worst player of the league. <laughs> and also the whole thing about ghost the whole time was that he was supposed to be like the fucking Korean sneaky. And he's like your tertiary carry. You're just going to give him some bomb support. Like he already wasn't Uzi eye anyway, man. Like you yeah. got to give him something. So this is, I think, I think also if you look at the strengths and weaknesses, this is just like a, it's a pretty bad matchup for, yes. for Nong Shim. Style, in terms of which lanes are strong and what area, like it's an obvious mismatch, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe some value here. 
briefly, yeah. I think the last one, we just have to laugh at this, uh, at laugh at Come these on. odds. Come on, here we go, here we go. So let me take a look at this one. So the rest of the matches this week, Damwon Hanwha, uh, Genji, DRX, and T1, Fred Abrion. Now these are all very lopsided matches for obvious reasons. The real question is this one. Genji is at 1.193 to 4.497 for DRX. Now, DRX is not a bad team. Are they, they an are underdog? They are the third in the standings <laughs> yeah. right now. Are, are, they, are they an underdog? <laughs> yes. Like, they are an underdog to Genji. Are they a 4.5 to 1.2 underdog? No, they are not. They are better than that. So if you want to be crazy, maybe we'll put 200 50 on DRX. The small one, I think the odds make this worth it. Because let's be real, like, here's the problem, guys. To me, to make the odds as crazy if DRX is like that, you have to know there's like trouble at home or something. Like, what's <laughs> yeah, going yeah, on? Yeah. Like, yeah, you have to know they're completely like, like, like mental boomed. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's also the fact, Duncan, that as we talked about this, this is a hard week for Genji. They have to play T1 and DRX in the same week. The trap sure. game here is clearly the DRX game. It's clearly yes. the DRX game. So, Genji could be focusing a lot of their efforts on T1. Yeah, they'll have a couple days to make up for it uh, by the time they play DRX. But DRX is not so fucking bad that they are they're four point five odds. Like that is you that's could even actually say this crazy. as well. If you just think about how matchups work, you could even see a world where they do put all they tunnel on the T1 game, they win the T1 game, maybe even in impressive fashion, and that means that as a result they come in a bit too cocky for the DRX game, or they fuck around with the draft a bit, or they just have got on the, riding the high of the win and they think we're, we're the best team, and that would be exactly when you'd expect someone to snipe them. Also, literally today they beat Dom Juan Kia. <laughs> you know, they already took out another top three team uh, within this league, so. I know last week we tried to predict DRX over T1 and that didn't work out for us. Like, um, but DRX's odds were so good again. So yes. we're not going to put as much as we did because I actually did think DRX had a better shot at beating T1 than they do of Gen G. But this is, this is like, this smells like a trap game is all I'm saying. Yes. DRX is coming off the high of, of beating Don Juan Kia. They're still up there in the top three. Remember, fans, we're not saying DRX is actually the favorite. In they are not. Matches. Please understand this. <laughs> we are not picking Pioshik to just beat like T1 back to back with Gen G. Like, yeah, we're not picking that. What we're saying is these odds are crazy low for the underdog. Like, they're picking that. Like, they're not like Frederick Brion level odds, but they're, they're, they're pretty far off. Like, pretty swear. If you go into like LEC to get odds like this, you'd have to have almost like the worst team playing the best almost. Like, these are really big. It's it's also the fact that I think if we look at the matchup, um, Deft and Barrel have been doing pretty well in the laning phase, and they play really aggressive early game styles. Like they'll play, you know, Callista, Renata, Glask, and they're going to be harder, I think, for Gen G to exploit sure. in the la exploit in the laning phase. And DRX can break out of the map. Also, Zika has been doing low key extremely well this season. He's actually probably one of the best mid laners in the league right now. He's carrying this roster. He's doing an enormous percentage. He's doing like something like 30% plus of their team's damage. Um, so he's kind of an unsung hero. Now, the question is obviously like Kingen's champion pool because they're pretty one-dimensional in terms of their tank play in the top lane. But when King Kingen gets Orn, uh, he's super good. Uh, and he can, for the most part, there's enough depth to like Nar, Sejuani, Orn that he can't totally be banned out. And Pioshik is having a good season as well. So there's a lot to like about the DRX roster. Again, I do think they're underdogs. I just think that it is absurd that they are 4.5 underdogs. That's, that to me is, is the, the wild part of this. So 
So I think there's a chance there worth that, a that upset flyer. It. Yeah, it's worth a flyer just of two fifty yeah. at four point five. Like why? Why the hell not? Um, remember, guys, go on, go on, head over to esports bet. Use our referral link. You'll get that fifty percent deposit bonus up to two hundred dollars. Play alongside us in the world's prediction series. We'll be back probably talking about some more LEC and LCS matches next.